Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great day. Um, I mean, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't welcome Dan Beyer back, right? When we last when we last checked in with Dan Beyer, it was just him and his wife. Now they have an interloper, a month old baby boy. Dan, how are you? I am doing well, Doug. Thank you very much. Uh, yes, it's three's company. It is not three's a crowd, but there's a there's a new ruler of the house. It was my wife, but now it's been taken <laughs> over by my son. I'm still in last place, though. I will say that <laughs> that hasn't changed. Uh, how's he sleeping? He's doing better. He he had a, a a little rough one last night, so fitting on my first day back with you here that he decides, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna be up every ninety minutes, and that's what what happened last night. But he's gotten better. You know, they're good three hour stretches. Those are like gold. I mean, when he all of a sudden you're like, wow, it's already four a.m. Thank you so much. But yeah, last last night's a little rough one. Hopefully, he sleeps uh, pretty well with mommy today. All right, well that's, that's good. Um, 
the, the, the days are long, but the years go quickly, right? You will look back and you will go and, sure. I mean, you know, you'll look back and go, wait, what? Like, he's how old now? Yeah. It happens so quickly. Congratulations <laughs> to you, you and Lisa. It's great to have you back. There's good no such back. thing as a good excuse for not buckling up. Law enforcement, writing tickets, so why take the risk? Do the smart thing. Start buckling up every trip, day or night. Click it or ticket paid for by NHTSA. Actually, buyer, um, what, what's that? For, I, I, I remember it distinctly. What's that trip like home from the hospital when you're like, they're in there, they're these tiny little infant, and you're taken home. We didn't get to take ours home like two days in, like, like most normal human beings. We had the NICU for months. Um, but I, I distinctly remember when you do, like you're so panicked. What was your drive home like? <laughs> yes, we did not go on the freeway right away. We drove up the street. I actually thought I'd be a calm driver, and I was more yelling at everybody because we had him in the car. So I'm like, look at what this car's doing to the right of me. I, I can't even get over. Like, I was freaked out that much, tried to be as safe as we could, uh, but made it home. But, yeah, it was. we took the side streets for a while. I don't know if that's the best idea in L.A. or not. Then we hopped on the freeway and, and made it. But, yeah, it was a, it was a slow go of it for sure. No question about it, right? No question. There's the old, you know, what do you, if you have two or three, Ramos does this, right? <laughs> the, old, the, the first one, you go like, ooh, ooh, don't touch that, you hurt yourself. The second one, you like, hey, don't touch that, you hurt yourself. The third one, you say like, watch this, he's going to hurt himself. That's really a, <laughs> I let Jonah it. start the car sometimes in the morning before I leave. <laughs> yeah, he's, only, he's only a year and a half, but I just figure, you know, you're the third one, so let's just go start the car. We yeah, got Jonas vapes. I don't know if you guys know this. Jonas vapes. <laughs> I asked John what we should get Jonah for his first birthday. He said matches. I thought that was odd. But. Um, well, this is so. So you've been. I mean, you have you been on the couch screaming at the TV over all the stuff that's been happening the last month? Buyer. Yeah, I mean, there's. That's actually one of the biggest adjustments of you really like figure out what is what is important, what isn't important, what you can focus on and what you can't focus on. Obviously, the NBA playoffs have have been a big deal. Phil Mickelson's win at the PGA. But there have been a couple of things that maybe have fallen through the cracks where I was like, oh, I didn't realize that that happened because maybe we were dealing with this or at a doctor's appointment. But uh, NBA playoffs, I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp of. Well. I thought I did too, and I thought the Clippers were very, very close to having to fire everybody, and the Lakers were going to win another NBA championship, and then the weekend happened. And by the weekend, I don't mean the weekend singer who sang at the Super Bowl. I mean this weekend, right? Friday night, in the first quarter, the Clippers are DOA. They're down 19 points in the first quarter. And then Rick Carlisle goes like, yeah, we're going to take Luke out because we always take Luke out after six minutes. And the Clippers are only down three at the end of the first quarter. And they've they've woken up and decided, hey, we're actually much better than the Mavericks. And then Luke is hurt a little bit. Now it's 2-2. And, and suddenly uh, you look at – Gavin, didn't you tell me you bet this series when they were down 0-2? Yes, I did the same thing uh, when the Raptors went down 0-2 to the Bucks a couple years ago. So it's my it's my little Kawhi trend here. But uh, yeah, I, I liked I, I liked the clip. You know, you look at the numbers and it didn't seem like they were getting blown out by the Mavericks. The Mavericks were just hitting every shot. Literally could not miss a shot. They struggled to guard Luca. Luca getting hurt helps it, but also they it's just like they figured out. Hey, if we take Patrick Beverly out, we can guard them and they can't guard us. Hey, light light bulb went on. But I mean, I want you to think about this. When we, 
When we clicked off on Friday of this show at six o'clock on the East and three o'clock on the West, there was the man. I mean, it feels like the Clippers going to have to make some changes and man, the Lakers, they don't have to face the Clippers and you know, Portland's not beating them in a series. Denver's not beating them without Jamal Murray. You know, I don't think Utah beats them. Um, I don't think Utah has good enough players to beat them overall. And they don't have a great matchup for LeBron. So it was really hard to find a team that would take them down. Now, all of a sudden, the, the Lakers are possibly without Anthony Davis. They lost home court advantage. And, and LeBron is going to be forced to carry the team, carry that torch. And I, you know, I know he did it last year at times in the playoffs. He's done it at times this season. But this is a higher level of competition. And he continues to, like anybody, get older. I, I, it's really amazing. This was Paul George after going down two games to none. There's no level of concern. I mean, we, we just got to play our game. We got to play through this. Um, we got we to gotta incorporate our defense. Um, Luke is going to get his touches. We just got to do a better job defensively of just quieting everyone else. This was LeBron James after the series was evened up at two apiece. These shoulders was built for a reason. You know, for takes for me to put some more on top of it, then so be it. Win, lose, or draw. Uh, I'm ready for the challenge. So LeBron accepting the challenge that he's going to have to lead this team. But like the the juxtaposition of the two teams, the narrative of what was going to happen next, like all of those things, really kind of fascinating. The pace by which it's happened. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Friday afternoon, Friday night, I'm watching. I click on, I'm watching. I'm like, oh, man. They are not ready to play. They are going to get run out of this building. They showed Steve Ballmer, and Steve Ballmer just looked like he's seething. And then they they did the Roy Williams, basically, right? They took out their best player, who was running a fever because you want to rest him for later in the game. Okay, well, you allowed the Clippers back in the game, and they have taken advantage of that opportunity. The reversal of those two fortunes is amazing. And now, like, I get what LeBron's saying. I do think he is, you know, these shoulders are built like this. Okay. But the more wear and tear on LeBron, even if they survive the Suns, you run the possibility of injury or not playing as well as these series go on. Like, we thought it looked like it was a five-game series. That's a wrap. That's done. Chris Paul gets healthy. Anthony Davis gets hurt. Luka Doncic gets hurt and the Clippers wake up. And now all of a sudden it, it, it feels like a complete 180 by both teams. By both teams. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it's Ray from the Bobby Bone Show here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Let's go! Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the hills to the trails all over. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander, with three spacious rows of seating, up to eight passengers, yeah. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer, check out amazing national sales event deals on RAV4s, Highlanders, and more. Visit buyatoyota.com, that's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And let me welcome in a super negative member of the media. He's Rick Bucher, ESPN, <laughs> excuse me, ESPN, Fox Sports 1, uh, NBA guy. He's covered it for years. Um, uh, can you remember, like, I understand they're two very different teams. They do occupy yep. the same city, but they have completely different backgrounds. Like, one's won 17 championships. The other team hasn't been on the second round. Yeah. But you go from Friday, I turn off, I, I click off the radio button, right? Six o'clock Eastern, three o'clock Pacific. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, Clippers get beat tonight. It's over. Like yep. somebody's, I don't know if Kawhi's come back. I don't know if Ty Lue's come back. But as you and I discussed, like Tillman Fertitta, these rich guys that have won in business, they think it's that easy in the NBA. 
Who's to say Steve, yeah. happy guy Steve Ballmer doesn't start firing guys? And whereas the yeah. Lakers, hey, game three, LeBron's backing down Jay Crowder and Andre Drummond's on the sideline m- m- mimicking it. They're laughing. They're goofing it up. Like, dude, just put number 18 up there and let's plan the, the back-to-back celebration parade. To, to right. now, where the Lakers are banged up, they lost home court advantage. Best case scenario, they survive and maybe in seven. And the Clippers look like a completely different team. Can you remember two teams that have flipped like this in such a short period of time? I can't. I can't. Not Two teams in the same city to, to, for it to be this dramatic, and I agree with you a thousand percent in terms of where they were headed and where we thought they were headed going into the weekend and how dramatically it's changed. Uh, I mean, obviously some of that is I can point to specifics as to why um, the Clippers have just been massive underachievers, and they finally took advantage of what they have and why all of us, you know, starting last year already thought they were a team to be reckoned with, and I thought they were even more so this year. And uh, But you you never know what you are going to get from them. And then with the Lakers, it's simply – um, they're they're a lot thinner than people realize. Um, they 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 can't afford uh, any injuries. And everybody's talking about Anthony Davis, but Cantavius Cantavius Caldwell Pope is as, as vital to them defensively uh, as uh, as anybody else. Even though he's not shooting the ball well, um, he's an integral part of that. And they're also built very one sided. They've you know people have slept on the fact that they have lived on their defense. And you lose a couple pieces, and you don't have pieces on the bench that are going to maintain your defensive intensity to the level that they have have played it this season. So um, I can explain why they've gone in those two directions. I think the one that just really surprises me is 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 the Clippers, though, simply because it, it like the light finally turned on and I and I took issue with game four and being described as Paul George and Kawhi Leonard carried them to that victory no what they did was finally play faster and share the ball and get everybody involved they took only 40 percent of the shots in in game four they were at 50 percent or better of taking shots when it came to the entire team uh in, in the first three games of the series and so um, but I, and I like I assume they're going to stay on this track. But if they turned and got you know self satisfied and lazy again, it'd it be the least surprising me. thing ever, right? Yeah, I, I just I you know there's no there's no counting on. I, I can look at the Clippers and tell you what they are, but I can't possibly tell you what they're going to be. Um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, the, the idiots running on the court, throwing things. Yeah. Do, do I think it, it feels different? I guess, but we've seen this for years, right? Isn't it social media making it seem like it's bigger and, and happening more often than it used to happen? I think there's some of that. I also think that Keep in mind, you know, we, we've gone through the pandemic, so everybody's been locked up. We haven't had anybody in the stands. We haven't had anybody in the arenas. And what have we seen in our country over the last year during that time? We've had a bunch of people thinking that they can go where they've never gone before, that they have the right to do and act however they please in the cause of, I don't know, 
whatever it might be. And so I feel like this is this is just a reflection of uh, an attitude and approach of uh, of people in our country in general, that it's, um, you know, I I'm a citizen of this country, so I can go wherever the hell I want and I can kind of do whatever I want in protest or exercising my freedom or whatever it might be. Uh, but I, look, we've got two incidents. One guy uh, jumps up what and touches the backboard. I mean, it wasn't like he was going out there and trying to engage with anybody. It wasn't anything remotely close to malice in the palace. Um, the bottle being thrown uh, gets a little closer to that. Um, but I, you know, in that case, I don't know what your position has been on this, but um, you know, I, to say that Kyrie Irving is uh, absolved of any part in fans in Boston being upset with him. I mean, he going into the series, he says, you know, I hope you people aren't racist. I hope you people don't act racist. Right. Which is this passive aggressive, like, what? I mean, look, are, are, there, are there racists in Boston? Yes. Are there racist Boston Celtics fans? Yes. But, like, you're poking the bear. And then you go out on the court and you rub your foot in the eye of the leprechaun for everybody to see. I mean, you're asking for a reaction. And, I, and so I, I'm not I'm in no way defending what throwing a bottle or doing any of that. But you're kind of look when you have crazy people and then you kind of incite them to do something crazy. I, <laughs> I, I, I have to I have to question what your motives and intentions are as well. And by the way, if the Brooklyn Nets are just focused simply on winning a championship, how does getting you know, inciting or, 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 or engaging the Boston fans, how does that in any way uh, contribute to what should be your, uh, your focus and your number one priority first and foremost? I, I, again, I'm in no way defending throwing anything, popcorn, right. a piece of paper, whatever it is. I am in no way suggesting that that's okay. It is not. But to suggest that this came out of the blue – um, I, I can't go that far. Uh, I, I, I simply can't. Ky, Kyrie, how we want to say big or small, had a hand in what transpired. No question. Well, and and how did he suddenly become some victim of Boston when he was there? Like, I mean, I mm-hmm. I, I guess if you say it enough, maybe some people will believe you. But yeah. like, here's a guy who they traded for. They, you know, he got he got hurt. They, you know, remember he, he had the thing in his knee, so he missed the playoffs. They didn't rush him back. They yeah. were better without him as a team than they were with him. He was the one who grabbed the mic and said, I want to come, I want to stay here forever if you'll have me. Like, th- it was, I don't, I don't really understand how he became a victim in this whole thing. Yeah. I, I, I don't either, but there's a lot that I don't understand about, about Kyrie. And, I, and the, the mixed messages are the, are the most difficult. I mean, this is a guy who's supposed to care about, everyone i guess and and we want to have peace love and unity and togetherness and find common ground and where like you know insulting celtics fans by stepping on their <laughs> their logo and 
suggesting that uh, you know he's on guard for racist activity. I just I don't, I don't see how that's brokering peace there. Um, but as I said, there's there's a lot that Kyrie does that I that I don't understand, and uh, and and, it, and he has a big platform to do it, and and so gives us fodder to kind of figure out exactly exactly what he's he's up to. It's, it's a it's a bizarre bizarre deal. Um, lost in this is the fact that Bucks just with no drama mm-hmm. mollywop the the Miami Heat and their culture. Yeah. Are we yep. buying in more to the Bucks? I, I, I mean, obviously, the, the loss of Dante DiVincenzo is a big loss. Are we yep. buying into the Bucks? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have uh, cautiously. I, I feel like they or the Philadelphia 76ers are my favorites to come out of the East. And I do believe that the addition of Drew Holiday and P.J. Tucker and maybe most important, the evolution of Giannis Antetokounmpo makes them a different team now. And so... Uh, I think they have as good a chance as anybody uh, to come out of uh, to come out of the East. I have not, I did not believe that the previous two years. Uh, I didn't believe that Giannis was uh, true MVP material um, as I as I do now. So I uh, I am buying into them, and I'm and and I think that the Miami Heat were a great foil for them in the first round because. They were going to play you tough. They were going to try to play you physical, and the Milwaukee Bucks answered that and then some. So, uh, of all the first round matchups, what the Philadelphia 76ers are doing to the Wizards, what the Brooklyn Nets are doing to the Boston Celtics, like I, I, neither one of those series surprises me whatsoever. The Bucks sweeping the Heat, to me, if anybody's made a statement, it's the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay. Um... If not the Lakers and the Clippers, yep. is there anyone else in the West? <laughs> oh goodness, I uh, I don't know. I mean, take your pick. The, Denver's flawed. Portland's flawed. Uh, Phoenix is certainly. I. I, uh, I. You know what? I'd probably have to fall back to the Utah Jazz. This is what has been interesting for me watching that series between Utah and Memphis, is that I'm not sure whether to uh, question the Utah Jazz and that they haven't been able to put away the Memphis Grizzlies or to give the Grizzlies credit that, uh, that they simply won't go away in any game. Uh, I am going to be a font of positivity, and I'm going to say – that let's take our hats off to the Memphis Grizzlies for pushing the Utah Jazz to have to win every single game. But I would say that, you know, with, with, if there's no Lakers, there's no Clippers, then uh, this is the year we could have a, imagine, Utah Jazz, Milwaukee Bucks. NBA Finals. That would, Adam Silver that, right that, now. That would not be good for for Adam Silver. I do, I do want to I do, I do want to circle back to this. Um, yeah. I understand, and you've covered the daily beat for teams. You've covered the entire league. I understand the substitutions, like the Trey Young thing in Game Two for the Hawks. Like it happens, you take a guy out for the start of the fourth quarter at times to get him a quick breath, and you leave him out too long. Yep. The the Clippers thing all changed when Carlisle. As he does, like this is what they do. He took Luke out with four and change to go. They're up, I think, seventeen at the time. 
Like yeah. literally up 28 to 11 to start the game. They're up 17 points and he is cooking. Yep. And he he did what we, we as players always said, put him on ice, right? Like he, yep. Yep. He, yep. he cooled off his best player. They, at the end of that quarter, they're only up three. The series changed on one substitution. I'm not saying Rick Carlisle is not a good coach. He's been a fantastic. He's won an NBA championship. He's a great offensive coach. But man, yeah. that is a that is a substitution that could have dramatic ramifications on the entire league. Yeah, I, I, look, I, it, certainly that was an impactful decision on that game. I, to say that the entire series is hinging on it, I still think that uh, taking Zubac out and Patrick Beverly out of the rotation uh, and and playing that way as as and realizing that Serge Ibaka can't contribute right now uh, and Doncic obviously not being right uh, that there are other elements that have contributed equally. But look, I, it's it's I can't argue with you that it had a huge impact, and I can just say that you know Rick. Rick is one of those guys who uh, believes in. First of all, he's just—he's a very controlling coach. I mean, he's got his ideas of what they should run and and how, how and and what their game plan is, and he's not going to let something like somebody's really rolling divert him from what he thinks they have to do. That's too touchy feely for for Carlisle. And so I can see where, where he kind of fell into that, but I, I got to tell you, just, it, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem fair to take one decision like that and say that he blew the series. The, the Mavericks never should have had a fighting chance to win this series based on the matchups and what the Clippers have. So I'm not going to go quite that far. I, I do agree. It, it was one of those decisions where I'm sure Rick, in hindsight, looks back at it, and I know Mark Cuban will looks back at it. And go, we we shouldn't have done that, yeah. but it, it happens. It does happen. And it no, happens. no. Listen, you if it you if you've coached basketball, you've made a bad sub. You yeah. you know, you've made a bad sub, and sometimes by not subbing, you know, do I take a timeout? Sure. Do I not take yep. a timeout? Do I sub? Do I not yep. sub? Yep. yep. Like that's it's one of those things that you. But I I definitely think it it changed the well, series. So here's the thing, though, like. I think those things happen maybe a little more frequently than we than we acknowledge. It's simply we don't see the repercussions. Like other things happen, and as a result, it doesn't cost you to the level that it appears to be costing the Dallas Mavericks. Like there are there are substitutions, there are timeouts called, there are things done in the course of a game yep. that are a setback, and then the team overcomes them, and we never like we don't make a big deal about it because. Because ultimately, they still got the job done. Right. And that's, I mean, that's why everything is, and you know, like people say, well, it's just the first quarter. Like you can, if you get up 25 in the first quarter, you go look at the yep. stats, it's almost always a wrap. And instead of kind of going for the jugular, they just kind of went with their game plan and they, they took the foot off the neck of the Clippers. And the, as you said, the Clippers woke up and started deciding to move the basketball and attack the, the, the defense of the, of the Mavericks. And, and it's been a completely different story ever since. Butte, great stuff as always. Uh, do you like the Suns or the Lakers tonight? Whew. 
Ooh, uh, I'm going to go Suns being at home in Game 5, and not only doesn't look like they're going to have Anthony Davis, but I think Kentavious Caldwell-Pope is still a question mark. Let's put it this way. If the Suns can't win this game, then uh, then they have no chance of winning the series. This is the one they have to get, and I'd still give the, the Lakers a chance of, of winning the series even if they lose tonight, but... Uh, in a weird way, this is a mu- this is very much a must win for the Phoenix Suns. Buke, awesome stuff. Thanks for joining us. You got it. I'll just tell you the truth about Naomi Osaka upcoming. Um, I, I love these uh, these direct messages. Can you please ask Doug Gottlieb why he always sounds so subtly racist and sexist? Honestly, the guy screams white privilege and smug arrogance. Maybe he owes Naomi Osaka an apology too for implying that she was too weak and soft for not wanting to talk to the media at the French Open. Nothing like everyone saying that they believe mental health is a big deal, but then minimizing it because uh, it affects the corny good old boys club media. What are you even talking about? What what are you even talking about? You you use big words that you don't know what to mean. <laughs> you know, this is dumb. We hear something we don't like and you go racist, white privilege. Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, I, I will never apologize for treating all people fairly my entire life. Not going to apologize for it. Won't do it. Okay. And, and, and by the way, like if we're going to talk about the fact that I think what Naomi Osaka is doing is not only ill-informed, uh, but the anti-media segment uh, sentiment it, by like from the, from the woke side of sports fans, like that's the exact same thing that Trump was doing that she had such a problem with. Right. Yeah, mental health's a big deal. And if your mental health is suffering so greatly that you can't play in the French Open, okay. But how does that have anything to do with talking to the media? (laughs) Remember that time when they really grilled her about the forehand return that she had against Serena? No, I don't. Did the media for women's sports is way, way friendlier than the media towards men's sports way and and if we're searching for true equality well then there should be true equality granted i i don't think that any media should be unfair as i pointed out yesterday in the dan patrick show this is very simple if you don't want to do media the media which i'm like for sports they're there for a purpose more so than just covering every intricate detail of your downfall. They actually promote everything you do, bring attention and awareness to you, your life, all of your other things around you. And they're almost all fluff stories about Naomi because she's a great story. So I, I've missed the, I must've missed the, the hard hitting journalism that really put her in a negative space. <laughs> but if we are going to, if you're going to have true equality, then like, yeah, the, what, what works for one works for the other. I want to be treated just like men's sports. Okay. In men's sports, when people lose matches, they should win tennis, basketball, football. We call them chokers. Think about it. If I say 28 to three, if I say 20, anybody from Atlanta or the state of Georgia, and they start running their mouth to you and you just go (laughs) 28 to three. Oh, oh, no, he didn't. He said 28 to 3. Burn. One, I can't think of a woman's woman's sport who has risen to that level of intensity. 
But two, can you imagine how it would be received? We said, man, all-time choke job. Remember when the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team didn't win the gold medal, even though they have all the benefits of Title IX for the last 40 years, and they have the complete resources, and women are allowed to play youth soccer here, where in many parts of the world they are not? We, we never point out we were the sizable favorites. We have not won every time, even though we should. So the, the, the point is there's two different parts to it. One, if you're having mental health issues, take as much time as you need. But I don't understand why you're blaming the media for it. Right. These two things, the media is there for a multitude of purposes, mostly to promote what you're doing. And people lose sight of that all the time. But it is absolutely positively not sexist to say we treat you. We treat you just like we treat any star athlete. That's actually the opposite of sexism. That's called being fair. It's like the WNBA player. What was her name? The big Australian center. Liz Cambridge, right? She's like, I'm not going to be called 300 pounds by, by a little white man who's over there coaching. Like, wait, okay. So you think he's body shaming you when he's yelling at a ref that you're big, but your size and race shaming him, I guess. Like it's sports. It's sports. Stop it. Let's not act like we're suddenly offended. And if you are offended, then, you know, you, you can't be offensive in your retort. And maybe this is not for you. That's the big thing. Maybe it's not for you. It's okay. It is not for everybody. Everything is not for everybody. It's been pointed out to me. 40% of the people in the country don't watch the Super Bowl. I don't know what they're doing. I mean, granted, lots of stuff can be, you can do a lot of different stuff. But it's pretty much our biggest sporting event. 40% of our country, and remember, we have 350 million people. You do the math. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. That's uh, four times three, 120 million plus times 20, right? 140 million or so people don't watch the Super Bowl. It's not for everybody. It's okay. But this, this like, well, you have to, no, no. If, if the nature of the sport, like tennis, I have an amount of respect for tennis far above that of most people having played it as a youth, having gone to many of the big events, including the U S open and, and having friends that have been professional tennis players and understanding like you're out there on an Island. You're all alone. That's why they mutter at the racket and they say things to the, to the chair, the the chair umpire because there's nobody else to blame. It's not like in basketball. You go like, yo man, he gave me a bad pass or you were out of position, you know, or the coach screwed me like, nah, it's all you. It's a mentally taxing sport. It's a hard way to live. Hard way to live. The rewards are when you win, it's all about you. Everything you've done, every person you are, every, everything you are, it gets rewarded and you are the greatest ever. And the financial gains are ridiculous, right? Because there's no, you don't have to run it by anybody. Like you want to wear a watch, a Rolex, and they want to give you a bunch of money and give you a Rolex to wear, you do it. That's it's really that easy. It's an amazing business. Oh, hey, here's a catch. After you play a match, you got to go and uh, do a press conference. You can't do that? Okay, well, then you can't play. There you go. 
Uh, I got this. You need to step down and quit radio. Bashing Naomi for no reason. You're weak and pathetic. What does the Fox say segments? You aren't cut. Out for the radio business. That's from Yeti 28 in Beaverton, Oregon. Yeti, I've been doing this for 18 years. I think I got what it takes. I don't know. Yeah, my harsh critique of Naomi, uh, who is a border a, a burgeoning superstar. Right? Okay, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Is your dad's razor older than you are? Get him something new for Father's Day. A DSC six blade razor is perfect for an extra close, precise shave. Get one now to store near you as part of a gift set at dollarshaveclub.com slash breakfast club. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash breakfast club. By the way, Naomi Osaka, we're just awful in the media, how we've treated her and that the image that we've projected. Oh, she made more money in the past 12 months than any female athlete in history. $55.2 million. Yeah, we're the worst. We just sell bad stories. Like, I don't know enough about her. I mean, I know some. I know she's been awesome. And I know the, the press conferences she's had, the things she said have been great and heartfelt. I know she's has a politically, she's a political kind of social activist. Like, I, I, that's all. That's really all I know. I don't know. We don't talk about tennis because most avid sports fans, eh, we'll watch it if it's on. We'll watch it if it's on. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. 
With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hey guys, it's Steve Cavino from Cavino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think Aaron Rodgers will be traded? I argued for it yesterday when I sat in for you, Doug. I, 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 I don't think that Brian Gutekunst should risk Rodgers just not showing up and getting nothing in return and moving on. Don't let Aaron Rodgers run your organization. You run your organization. But you're letting him run his organization if he forces you to trade him. Sure, but at least you get something in return for it. If he just walks, you're... what? You become the guy that traded Aaron Rodgers yeah. at the MVP season. No sure, thanks. you're the. But at least you're getting draft picks or first round picks for it. Otherwise, yes, but you have you have hand in the relationship. If he, every practice he misses, it's ninety ninety thousand dollars, and it's not like it used to be where they can negotiate. Well, you know, like yeah, we're not really going to find you, right? If he retires, it's twenty two million dollars he's got to pay back, and it's not happening. Nobody wants to retire that. Who knows? Guy. He's a different cat. He is a different cat. Let's ask Matt Money Smith. He joins us. Of course, you can see him on the NFL Network. You can hear him call Chargers games. And then, of course, you can also hear him on Petros and Money. I want to get to Lakers and Clippers and the crazy three days that we've experienced in Los Angeles watching NBA playoff basketball. Um, do you think Aaron Rodgers gets traded? I don't. Um, you know, I think if, if you're going to trade for picks, why would you trade him before the season when the team you're trading him to is only going to be improved by his presence? You're, you're better off waiting until the end of the year, right? You know, you would have rather had the number nine pick from the Broncos as the centerpiece um, to potentially
eventually draft a Justin Fields or Mac Jones, and, and I think that'll be the case next year. You know, if it's the same sort of, you know, players, if it's the Broncos, if it's the Raiders, maybe it's the Titans, you know, you want them to be coming off a bad season, right? So they're picking in the top 10 or they're picking in the top 15, and that kind of becomes that center, and maybe there's a quarterback you're looking at or a, a difference maker that you can pair with Jordan Love as opposed to, you know, the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers on an already stacked roster and, and maybe winning the AFC West. You don't want that draft pick. No. You don't want that draft pick. He's not going right. anywhere. It doesn't make it doesn't make any sense to me. It it, it truthfully No, I mean, not. Doug, I could see it at the end of the year if if this is yeah. you know irreparable, then that's fine. You know, but but why pay a guy, you know, all that dead money that you've already handed over to him in the form of a roster bonus and a signing bonus, and and send him along with thirty million bucks out of your pocket to go win games for somebody else and and give you a worse draft pick? Like to me, that just there's no connection there. So if they're going to move him, they would move him at the end of the year. Uh, uh, agree agree with you. Um, okay, let's let's get to the Lakers and Clippers. When you did your show Friday, right? Little Frogman Friday? Uh-huh. Um, well, the, the sense had to be like the Clippers, are, it's the same old Clippers, and everybody's going to get fired at the end of the year, right? I mean, and then, I mean, my, my crazy to think it was, it was that far gone. Yes, my I was I was pretty you know and I'm and I think you I mean you you know you know it's a Frogman Friday you know what our show is like it's it's not super intense hardcore sports talk but you know I went after the Clippers hard I said look you know you can't just parachute two mercenaries in and all of a sudden think L A is is going to come to your support and be like yeah I'm I'm street lights not bright lights I'm I'm for the Clippers they're gritty no you. You brought in two guys that have, you know, granted they were born and raised here, but they have no history here. You know, Kawhi, granted he went to San Diego State down south, but that's not really L.A. Paul George to Fresno State, again, that's not L.A. So the lack of connection between this team and the fans I thought was already a negative, and now you have back-to-back uninspired performances in the playoffs. I was like, nobody cares. Like, you spent all this money, all this marketing dollars, you've made this announcement, you're going to build a new stadium. I was just like, pack it up and move to Seattle. Nobody cares. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see some of that fight that, you know, we remember Paul George having in those series when he was in Indiana and, and the leader of that team and going to game sevens against LeBron James. When, when we saw Kawhi Leonard win a finals MVP in, in Toronto, you know, I thought you, you kind of saw that, that fight finally raise its hand. And it, it had not been there last year. and It wasn't there this year. And I thought it was extremely frustrating. Okay, so then – the juxtaposition of that with the arrogance of Laker fans. Like, you have to understand that the, the Lakers who were, I mean, they were a mess. If you go back two years ago at this moment, right, I mean, a complete dumpster fire. Magic quits at the, 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 right before the last game of the season. LeBron, you know, gets hurt and the team just tanks, comes back, and everybody quit on him because he wanted them all traded. It was a mess. So from that, from the worst five years in Laker history – consecutively, to winning a championship and then watching the Clippers down 0-2. Am I wrong to think that Lakers fans, however normally arrogant, were at peak arrogance last Friday? Yes. they. Those two work in concert. If you can celebrate the Lakers, which is so interesting because they really shouldn't give a darn about the Clipper fans. There's so few of them. Their accomplishments so small that there's no reason to even acknowledge them. You know, let them do their thing. So what? They don't like the Lakers. Big deal. They like this other team, and that's their thing. You don't need to pile on, but you're right. I mean, that is – I don't know if it's necessarily an arrogance, Doug. I almost feel like it's a, a 
it, it's like a rite of passage. You know, if you cheer for the Lakers somehow, you've got to make sure you take your shots at the Clippers, which, again, I've never understood, you know, for Laker fans because what the, the, just the, the accomplishments of each are so different that it doesn't even bear you giving a darn. But they do, and they really do enjoy rolling around in the slop that is, you know, Clippers' failure. As, almost as much as they like celebrating their own achievements. And it really is just a strange deal for me to try to process and reconcile. Okay, so how big a trouble do you think the Lakers are in? A lot. Uh, you know, I mean, look, you, you can speak to this a heck of a lot better than I can because I think it's just more analysis and trying to sort out, okay, can a team that couldn't shoot in the regular season start shooting in the playoffs? You know, like we've seen what Monte Williams, you know, what Monty Williams did in that game four. All right, I'm going to pack the paint. You guys can take open threes. Let me see you make them. Kuzma's terrible. You know, Contavious Caldwell Pope's not out there, and he had a nice shooting run in the playoffs last year. You know, Caruso was missing wide open. This is a team that missed wide open threes all season long. And now it appears as though the Suns are going to be content to let them have them. And it, it's, you know, the old cliche, right? It's a make-miss league. But if the Lakers can start making their open threes and probably get out of it. If they don't, I think they're going to suffer the, the same sort of fate that they suffered in a lot of regular season games, and that's that, you know, they just got guys that don't shoot well. Um, defensively, you know, what saves them is is how good they are on defense. And, man, when they ratchet it up, I don't think there's a better team out there um, defensively. So that can keep them in games. But I think ultimately they're going to have to start making shots, and I just I don't know where that comes from. Does, does LeBron have it in the tank to do it? To, to, to be the alpha, right? Because what he does now is he lets Anthony Davis carry him, and then late in the games when he has it, he tries to take over. But that's like a once every four or five games thing. Now, I don't know if we'll have Anthony Davis. At this stage in his career, does he have it? Well, you know, I think the, I think the nature of the NBA playoffs is conducive to him perhaps having it, you know, because a seven-game series takes three weeks and you get all these days off to recover. Um, now, granted, here I say that, and here's a Sunday-Tuesday turnaround, right? One of those rare ones. But um, I think he does. I, I think they have enough talent defensively that they can allow him to coast. And I know he has been coasting quite a bit on that end. You know, he's certainly nothing like he was at his peak. But um, to where he can up from, you know, 18 to 28 shots a game, he's still a nightmare to contend with on the offensive end. You know that. I mean, it's, it is hard to find, a, a, you know, to crack that code. Um, but at the same time, you know, if they're going to double him and if they're going to collapse on him, he's going to kick it out and guys are going to have to make those shots. Um, I guess to answer your question, I think yes, he does have it in him. I just don't know if there's enough around him without Anthony Davis to, to be able to support him going full alpha and taking those 30 shots a game. Do you think the Clippers have figured it out? Well, it's so hard, right? Because, man, Luka... Luca looked like, you know, Joan Cusack and 16 Candles trying to drink out of that, that fountain. You know, I mean, the, the, guy, the guy was... He With the like, tongue! He can't, he can't turn a day. That was amazing. <laughs> Perfect reference. So, I, you know, I, I think if that's the case, if Luca's not right, then yeah, they've got it figured out. But, you know, when he was right, they certainly didn't have him figured out. I mean, I think that's what people don't realize is how... I shouldn't say that. I, I think far too... Far too few basketball fans are willing to recognize that Luka might be the best player in the game in terms of the pressure he exerts upon an opposing defense. The guy has everything figured out a step ahead of you, and and that was certainly the case in those first two and even in the first three games, really, to, to some extent. So um, I like it, it was odd to me that, that it took 
you know, Tyron Lue this long to kind of adjust. Patrick Beverly, they were hunting him left and right, and he had nothing. Wasn't making shots, was not playing good defense. And then they were hunting Zubats. He wasn't able to, to overcome Doncic, just putting him in the spin cycle over and over and over again. And it seems like finally he's kind of, you know, acquiesced and said, all right, this doesn't work. I know you want to make them adjust to you, but I'm going to have to adjust to them. And it worked. Put Reggie Jackson, play a lot more Rondo, go small, and tell Marcus Morris to stop taking 50 freaking long twos when he's double teamed every game. And, and I think they're all right. They're the better team. Yeah, they're the better team. This is why the NBA plays seven-game series. It took them a while to figure yeah. it out. And uh, we'll see if the Lakers can survive for ultimately that 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 uh, that crash course. Matt Money Smith joining us here. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Money um, co-hosts the the most the longest running, most successful afternoon drive show in LA. It's called uh, Petrus and Money Show. PMS, of course. That it's a hysteric a hysterical show as well as good sports stuff as well. Um, a little la- bit of sports la- stuff. Huh? A little bit of sports stuff. You guys do talk enough sports. Yeah, I guess we do. I mean, you, you do a lot of Dodgers because you have to, right? Yeah. You know what's funny about that, though, Doug? And I think, you know, not to not to kind of pat ourselves on the back, we are the Dodger station, but um, we were talking to Bill Plasty, who's a longtime columnist here in L.A., kind of the voice of the city, right? He's that columnist. And um, we kind of brought up with him. We said, you know, it's, it's funny. It seemed like the Dodgers-Padres series, even though the Clips and the, the Lakers are in the playoffs, was still the most impactful thing that we've had in sports in 2021 in L.A. You know, it's just a, just the feeling that we had as a local show, the, the, the buzz, the, the buzz in the city, you know, all oh, the Padres are talking all this smack. And, and you know, we kind of came to the conclusion that it goes back to kind of what I said about the mercenary aspect of the Clippers roster and also the Lakers roster, right? LeBron chose you. Congratulations. Anthony Davis traded here. Very little history with those two guys, and they have extensive history in other places. The Dodgers are kind of the one homegrown squad here. You know, these are all guys that came up through the farm system for the most part, saved Mookie Betts in that big trade. But, you know, it's still peeling guys off the scrap heap like Chris Taylor, Max Muncy, Justin Turner, giving them an extra opportunity. You know, Clayton Kershaw coming up, you know, from the time he was 18. Kenley Jansen converted from a catcher. You know, that seems to be the true heartbeat of L.A. sort of team. I mean, you live here. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would think that's a portion of it. I also think there's a portion of it that people just don't like LeBron. Right. They just, they don't. I was at a, I was at a bar, uh, you know, I think you know the, the Wild Goose in, in Costa Mesa. I was at Wild yeah. Goose watching games last night, and we were like, we were asking everybody, like, do you, they're like, I, you, you get two different sides. You get some people that like him as a player, but he's just, he's not a Laker or they don't like the off the court stuff or the or the the flopping and theatrics. It's just interesting that even though and I have one of the guys who who coaches my younger teams, a guy named Kenny Franklin. Like he tried to explain it to me. He's like, Well, you know, he's not a Laker, he didn't play here his whole career. It's like, well, neither did Wilt and neither did you know, neither Shaq. did uh uh Kareem and neither did Shaq. Yeah. And Kobe wanted to leave, right? I mean, Kobe had his right. own issues. Like, so like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is, but they just don't. Most people just don't dig LeBron. Yeah, I think it's it's a it's a fan luck. The Clippers we already discussed, but yeah, it's a Lakers Dodgers town. They tend to alternate, you know, one and one A. And even though you know, and look, they're both world champions right now as it sits. But it 
certainly just feels like it is much more of a Dodger town in 2021 than it is a Laker town, which is kind of rare because normally you would just get, you know, six of one, half dozen of the other saying, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a Laker town, it's a Dodger town, and it would volley back and forth. Money, great stuff, man. Uh, we'll talk soon yeah. off air, on air, whenever. Thanks for joining me. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Matt Schneeman would know. He covers the Packers for The Athletic. He joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I mean, you got to think, think about this for a second. It's not just It's not just about whether or not he wants to play for the Packers. He doesn't have any options. He doesn't have any options. People have said, well, why not the Broncos? Because the Broncos in the AFC, they don't play against him. It, it, to, to people, it makes sense. Now, this could happen. It ain't happening this year. The Packers may not have the best hand, but they have a winning hand. Right? Like when you're playing blackjack, you don't have to get 21 to win. You just have to have one more than the dealer or the dealer has to bust. You don't have to have a royal flush to win in in poker. You just have to have slightly better cards than everybody else who has uh who's, you know, who's made it all the way through the hand. And I think you know, I I think that there's no reason to think that the Packers at this point in time would trade him. The, Matt Schneidman joins us. Matt writes for The Athletic, covers the Green Bay Packers. And of course, he's the one that has the latest story about their stance and Brian Gunnikunst. Uh, Matt, Matt, let's let's start with the other wide receivers not showing up at OTAs. What's the likelihood that was related to Aaron Rodgers? That's a good question, Doug. First of all, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. it it's suspicious. Now, I don't want to, you know, go out there and say, oh, they colluded to do this because we don't know that, you know, Devin Funchess, one of their receivers who wasn't there, who hasn't played in any of the last two seasons, uh, opted out of the last season because of COVID, he came out on Twitter and said, you know, who is anyone to judge me for why I miss practice? I'm allowed to do whatever I want pretty much. But it, it's interesting, I'll use that word, that his top five receivers are not there. You know, Devontae Adams had – I believe hundreds of thousands of dollars tied up in a workout bonus. He obviously doesn't need that money, but um, Alan Lazard, Mark Valdez, Scantling, and then two guys and Funchess and Equinemius St. Brown, the, the supposed number four and five wide receivers, who just common sense, you'd think they'd want to come to try and earn their spot on the team. They were not there. Uh, when we asked Matt LaFleur about it, he said he had no reason to believe it was a, a joint effort to not show up. He said he talked to each of the receivers and had no reason to believe that, but he might just be lying. Who knows? It, it was interesting, though, to say the least. Uh, it is. Uh, Economius St. Brown, I've, I play pickup basketball with him in Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> you know, he's, he's in very good shape. Crazy athlete. I mean, it's in, insane. Um, okay, so look, having, having read your work, they're not going to trade him now. They're, they're basically calling his bluff, right? You know, I'm not sure if the Packers believe Aaron Rodgers is bluffing. I personally don't. 
but they certainly have no plans to trade him. And when I checked in a couple days ago before this important June 1st deadline that, that we've come to today, the response I got was nothing has changed, will not trade. So it's not like, I know I'm, I'm getting into semantics here, but it's not have no plans to trade, won't trade right now, it's will not trade. And, and yes, obviously, you and I both know that if the Raiders or the Broncos come calling in a week with three first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a player, things could change. But right now, I, I really do not see a way in which the Packers trade him. And, and really, it, it comes down to Brian Gutekunst holding firm in his stance. And if you're a GM, I don't care what the scenario is, you cannot have that bullet point on your resume that says, traded the reigning MVP right. uh, when he had three years left on his contract. You just can't. Um, how... So what what can the Packers do to remedy this in some way? That's what everyone wants to know. And Aaron Rodgers uh, isn't really providing that. He's in Hawaii with Miles Teller and and both of their significant others. You know, if I had to take my best guess, uh, I know that Devontae Adams, David Bakhtiari, and Mercedes Lewis are probably Rodgers' three best friends on the team. If there's any way to convince him to come back, it could be a couple weeks and months of those guys prodding at him and saying, hey, do this for us, do this for the teammates you love. You, you heard Rodgers with Kenny Mayne the other day say, I love my coaching staff, I love the teammates, I love the fans. He didn't say he loves the front office. We know his beef lies primarily with Brian Gutekunst. So if, if those three closest friends, and, and maybe throwing Mason Crosby there, the, the Packers' longtime kicker, if they can say, hey, man, you don't want to taint your legacy. And I'm not saying it really would be a lot if he left, because there's obviously a lot more to this story that we don't know about why he feels this way. But I, I think there's a significant, and I say significant, 65% chance maybe, and that's just my opinion, that, that those guys, his closest friends and teammates for the last couple of years, decades really, can convince him to come back and play for the people he loves and put his feelings for the GM aside. It's it's fascinating that, like, you don't know, what is it, did he feel like Gunn and some of these moves that he made were personal? Is that what it is? It wasn't, wasn't just that they wanted to cut guys that he liked or get away rid of guys, but that he did it specifically because of, because of Aaron Rodgers' uh, relationship with him? You know, I don't know. I, I, all I know is that this is way more than the Jordan Love pick. If this was more than just Brian Gutekunst not giving Aaron Rodgers a heads up on the Jordan Love pick, then I don't think we'd be situation i think this goes back to cutting jordy nelson it goes as silly as this sounds cutting jake kumro who would have been the fourth wide receiver on the team last year i don't know if he thinks it's personal i just think and this is an assumption based on things i've heard and being around aaron and knowing him just for the brief time i've been covering the team is that he feels he should have you know more of a, a say and that's just not the way the packers do business now if there's one person in the nfl who has done enough to warrant that stay in personnel, it's probably Aaron Rodgers. But like I said, that's just not the way the Packers operate, have operated. Um, he might think it's personal. And, and like he alluded to on Kenny with Kenny Mayne, it was very vague. I think it's more of a, a philosophical thing based in principle rather than any one move. He used the word people a lot. I, I think it's more of his belief that the front office doesn't, you know, take into consideration the feelings and the, and the, you know, emotions of the players and the people that, that make this team so much money. 
that's just my guess, but it, it's got to be something big, right? Because if you're willing to not play for the only team that, that you've ever played for just because of the GM, it's got to be something strong that we don't know. I, I've reached out to Aaron a couple times since this happened. He's responded to me several times, but every time I ask for him to go on the record to kind of explain some context for the answers that we're both looking for right now, uh, has not responded, but I will keep trying. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's really, it's it's interesting. I couldn't tell if he was trying to win the fans talking about the people or whatever. I mean, you know, I just, um, okay, when, when does he show up? You know, uh, I've thought a lot about that. Um, there isn't much to do here living in Green Bay, especially during the summer, and that's been one thing on my mind. I've said I think there's a 65% chance he starts for the Packers week one in New Orleans. Now, now before I answer this, is it possible that Aaron Rodgers is bluffing this entire time, planning to show up uh, at the start of training camp to avoid that $50,000 a day fine and just wants to drag the front office's reputation through the mud for a couple months first? Sure, that's completely possible. He's maniacal. He He's a genius. He has a purpose for everything he does. I would not put that past him. He's a sick son of a gun in a way. So um, if I had to guess, I'll say midway through training camp, just enough time to, you know, get that rapport back with his guys uh, before they go to New Orleans in week one. And listen, this isn't a guy who's going to suffer from bypassing his $500,000 workout bonus that he's already lost out on, the $93,000 he's going to lose out on if he doesn't report to mandatory minicamp, or a week or two's worth of $50,000 fines for a training camp. He doesn't care about that. Um, I think it's more of the legacy and reputation. And, and as much of a superstar as he is, I really do think he cares what the fans think about him. And, and just being here in Green Bay and getting a sense for – uh, how all the fans feel. I don't want to say they're turning on him, but I think it's starting to sour with A, how long this has dragged out, and B, the fact that they see he apparently can't put his feelings for one man aside to, to play for a Super Bowl, and the chance he has the best possibility to win one. He's not going to win one. Uh, may not even win the division if he goes to the Broncos or the Raiders. Um, what about uh, what about Julio Jones? Like, look, obviously it's it's not something they normally do, and he has built a tight bond with these wide receivers. And one of my defenses is that uh, not only is there, is there Funches who didn't play, which it's just him skipping anything when he hadn't played in a couple of years is, is almost comical to me. Um, but, and so when we talk about, you know, why didn't they draft a wide receiver last year? It's like, okay, so if they draft one, that means somebody else needs to go. They took, obviously, a talented slot wide receiver this year. But could they put it all to rest and just go and trade for, for Julio Jones and say, all right, dude, now we got your great wide receiver. Go in one. Yeah, yeah, I've thought about that, too. You, you nailed it, Doug. I, it's not like the Packers to do that at all. Um, I know they haven't addressed really the wide receiver position outside Amari Rogers, the, the rookie from Clemson in this year's draft. But there have been reports, you know, they wanted Justin Jefferson last year. They wanted Rashad Bateman in the first round this year, possibly even. So I don't think they've completely neglected the position. Um, Julio Jones would be a nice fix. Be like, it, it, it's kind of like if a couple breaks up and the guy goes out and buys the, this extravagant car for the girl to get her to come back. If you get Julio Jones to pair him with Devontae Adams, I don't care how, if you're if you're Aaron Rodgers. I don't care how how hurt you are by whatever the GM's done. You got to come back. Like you got to throw to that. 
But then there's always the chance, let's say Brian Gutekunst goes out and trades a second-round pick for Julio Jones. Then Aaron Rodgers says, no, I still hate you. I'm not coming back. Then, then what? well, I guess then Jordan Love has some pretty good receivers to throw to, or Blake Bortles, but that could certainly fix things. But I don't think it's going to happen just because of the way the Packers operate. But I don't think the Packers' traditional way of operation really applies here because this is a dire situation. You need to get the three-time and reigning MVP back in the building. And I think you scrap the whole traditional Packers playbook to to do whatever you can. And, hey, Matt LaFleur was the Fal- was on the Falcons' offensive staff when they went to the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. So if anyone knows how dominant Julio can be, it's him. It's a great point. I didn't even think of that one. That was a, That's an excellent point. Uh, Matt Schneeman. Matt, enjoy Green Bay in the summer. It's actually beautiful in the summer. Like, let's not complain. There's lakes. There's all kinds of different stuff to do. Go do that stuff. And let us know when Aaron Rodgers is going to show up, okay? I'll try. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I, I actually have a question, uh, Buyer. I don't know how busy you are. This is this is this is a little bit. We don't have a script, but it's a little bit off script. Okay. Um, did you see what uh, Governor DeSantis signed today? I did not. Okay, he just signed a bill making it illegal for transgender athletes to compete against women. Now, um, I believe June, June is gay pride month, isn't it? So obviously it's like a direct uh, slap in the face to, um, to, to gay athletes, right? Transgender. And so I guess, I guess the question becomes, um, look, I, I believe in like, gay rights. And I've just, I've had these long, I had long discussions with my late, late father. Cause he's, he was of that old school variety. Well, like, yeah, some is a, is a, some people are born gay, but I don't know are all people like, yes, dad, do you, do you think somebody walks in and tells their parents, Hey, I, I prefer the same, like people, those type of hard conversations, those type of hard conversations, I don't think you have out of a choice, right? That would be my, that'd be my read on it. But I also think that it's fair to say it's reasonable to think that if you're in the infinitesimal percentage that you're a boy or a young man who wants to have a sex change, we say like, look, you can have a sex change, but you can't compete against girls in high school sports. Is that an unreasonable stance? Again, I, and, and I'm saying this like I think the political aggrandizing and the grandstanding and the champion of like some huge bill to stand up for people like, yeah, relax. You're, you're doing this for a political win instead of like, what's actually the right decision. But is it even somebody who you're left leaning? I think that's a reasonable stance to say that a, that a boy that has a sex change can't play in high school sport again. We're, and we're talking about such small numbers and I know we're supposed to protect everybody, but is that, isn't that a reasonable stance? Say this stance again. Just, I, I mean, I, the, the, you're going with DeSantis and saying the decision to have, not allow transgender athletes to compete in women's events, right? Is that correct? Yes, I do think that there is a there is a big advantage towards that. I, I do think that that to that athlete, um, there is a big physical advantage if you make that transition. There's no it question. Other the other athletes at a disadvantage so is it an unreasonable um um is it is it an unreasonable stance i 
I don't think it's unreasonable. No. Okay. I just don't know. I don't know on where you then. I mean, does the then does the transgender athlete only able to uh, compete in men's sports? I, I I I don't I don't know, and I don't think that the transgendered athlete would want to compete in men's sports if that was, you know, the case to make it fair. I, it's yeah, it's a really it's, tough it's thing. an interesting. I mean, so what what you're doing is presenting the the if this is true, then the count the counter to this must be true, and you're right. Like because you're supposed to you're supposed to play in the sport in the in the sport of the sex that you were born in. Like that's what the bill says, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm taking, I, I think yeah. the biggest problem is it's the it's the it's the congratulating the and the grandstanding. We're also putting in a statute who, that vindicates the rights of any women athlete who may be discriminated against. Moving forward, any student who's deprived of an athletic opportunity as a result of violation of the law means the rights to civil liberties, right? So, in other words, you're taking a spot from a girl, which is stupid because none of these have cuts. High school teams don't have cuts. They just don't. Um, The proposal would allow another student to sue if a school allows a transgender girl or woman to play in a team intended for biological females. Like, really, you're going to be that person? And what, what, you know, no cut high school sports. I understand. I, I do think it's an advantage and we all know it's an advantage and why we're not, we're acting like it's not is silly. I also would think like we're literally talking about such a small percentage, <laughs> you know? Sure. How many transgender athletes are girls that want to compete in high school sports in the state of Florida on a given year? It could not be very many. And if you go like, look, you're, you're able to have all these rights, but like you have testosterone in your body. There's an obvious strength advantage. I don't know. It's a hard one. Gavin, where are you on it? Um, I tend to agree with you on this. Um, if you want to compete in sports, you should compete in the sex that you were assigned at birth. Doesn't okay, mean you so then if, you, if you're a boy, you have a sex change. This is what Dan's saying. If you're a boy, you have a sex change to a girl. You're okay with that. Then they should they should play in boy sports. Yeah, yeah. Whatever you were biologically born at, when you still talk to doctors, they will ask you what you were assigned at birth, and and they'll because doctors they they have to go off that, not not off what you identify as. That's com- gender expression, and that's completely different. But yeah, in athletics. Um, I, even, I think this is, I think yeah. this is reason. This is, by the way, it is, this is the way it's not controversial. I just saw a headline controversial. It's, it's, not, controversial. it's not controversial to the layman, to the normal person, the regular person, not normal. I mean, the average person, it is completely normal, but social media inflares everything. Like you talked about earlier, you know, everyone thinks this is some major issue. It's well, not the most. People. And, and, and I would say this, that I think that the transgendered athlete that is involved in this that's the difficult part about this for them because they they don't I, I would assume that they don't want to compete against men because that's not the gender that they identify as. Right? I mean, and I so know. is it okay? So what do you correct. do with the specific correct. athlete? Like it, correct. You're not calling them by the, you know their their previous name and are you last- okay, are you okay with a transgendered male to female athlete beating up a woman? in a fight, in a boxing match. Is that okay with you? Because in any world, in my world, I'm not okay with a male punching a woman in the face. So that's kind of where, that's my, where my line is drawn. Like, 
I mean, I, I, I even, you know, take the sport of golf because there was a, there was a transgender uh, player who's playing professional golf and allowed to play on, um, play in women's events. And, you know, there's the question if, if someone's hitting it 40 yards past, you know, everyone else is, is, is that yeah. an advantage? Is it not? I mean, is it not an, an advantage? Adva- yeah. I, I mean, but th- those are the- look, I, I will tell you this, that there is a, what people don't know about the WNBA, and I don't cover the WNBA just because it's not that popular, right? Like you, you can tell me it's growing in popularity, whatever. Just no study has said that you as radio listeners want to listen to the WNBA. But I do think that this is interesting where I have a friend is like, look, we're all for uh, gay and lesbian rights. Obviously, there's a high percentage of WNBA athletes. They're gay and lesbian. They're out. And, and it's, a, it's a great league. But once you, once you start saying you're, you know, it's binary or whatever, and then non-binary, and then you're taking male testosterone, like that changes it, doesn't it? Doesn't that change whether or not you should play in the WNBA if you're taking male testosterone, if you're, you know, if you're in the process of changing your sex? I, I think that changes it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't see how it would not, you know? It, I don't see how it And my, my use of golf as the example may not be the best example because... You're it's not absolutely play- a great example. But, but, a reason, but they have women's tees for a reason. It doesn't mean that women are bad golfers. Just it's a strength thing, and it has to do with estrogen versus testosterone. And I, I you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue basic science with people, no. which, which is what you're saying. But, so a guy comes up and he's had a sex change, but he still has testosterone in his body, and he hits it 40 yards, yards further in high school or college or even professional golf. And you're like, dude, that ain't right. I agree with you. The the point that I was going to make though was there there is still a skill of just getting this stupid little ball in the hole, which is a headache for me and so many of us. Gavin's point of the physical when it's when it's one against another, like in golf, yeah, you're competing against other women, but you aren't physically going up against another person that you could physically dominate because of the uh, transgender change that that you made, and so that's that's the you know the other part of it is you know well I mean even in, you mentioned basketball of of that happening uh, those sort of advantages of as well of just going up against someone who's uh, physically now inferior to you. Ramos, are we out of our minds? Are we are we suddenly gone from? From being a show that might lean to one side to lean to the other side, are we being mean? Like you, feel free to call us out if we're no, out of touch. No, I'm not going to call anybody out. I'm, this is not a subject that I think I'm confident in speaking about very much. So I, I, but you I will, have a daughter who plays. But you have, a, I have a daughter. You have, you have right? a daughter who's how old? She is. Uh, she'll be 16 uh, this month. Okay, so she's playing next year. She's playing varsity softball. Right? That is correct. Okay, and onto the mound is a <laughs> a girl. Right. Who had a sex change? Uh, uh, who had a sex change from being a boy, mm-hmm. and she throws the ball much harder than the rest of the girls do. Like it's it's different, right? Right, right. And and like, are you okay with that? Is that is that fair to you? Well, I mean, what is the the saying is life isn't fair. So I mean, True. you know, um, I don't know. Would would I be? Would I be? Would I not be happy about it? Probably not. But would I cry about it? Probably not as well. So, you know, I would just... I feel like if you want equality and you, you're you for women's rights, you should be against that. That's honestly my thought. No, well, look, I, I, here's, no? here's where I will defend the transgender athlete, okay? The things you have to go through to get to that place, right, is, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot, right? Like you, you'd have to tell your parents... 
and get your parents on board with this, which tells the, you know, your grandparents, your family, and that this is something that you've just felt inside you like that. The strength it takes for a young person to believe this. I, I don't, I mean, I have my, I, I do have my own feelings about it and wonder, you know, on what levels, you know, I, 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 I don't know enough about it, but I do know that just, I mean, just to tell somebody you're gay, that takes a tremendous amount of inner strength, no matter how much we've tried to normalize it. It's not okay. It's not. So I do respect that. Yeah. Like if, if it's not fair for one or three at bats for Ramos's daughter, for Ramos's daughter, think of the whole lifetime where this child has had to undergo ridicule because forever she sa- she said she was a girl, even though she looked like a boy. I get that. But like, look, in sports, we don't let men compete against women for a reason. Why are we suddenly going to acquiesce because of a section? I think that I, there, there's unfairness and there's unfairness, which we can we can see coming and we can protect girls from. And I I don't know, like, I mean, you've never Ramos, you've never been in a softball game and you're like, that girl's like three years older. She's she's. You know, she's a holdback. A yeah, well, no, hold there's definitely a time when, like, you're a, let's say Sarah's playing, like, a 12U division, and you go up against, like, a 16U, and you know they're just outmatched because they're not the same grade level, they're not the same age, and you could definitely see the difference. And it's you kind of say, well, you know what, it's not really fair that they're playing those older girls because it's just well, a lot better than they are. So I guess okay, you can so it like a, that. Okay, so now yeah. it's a, a girl who used to be a boy. You don't think you'd have those same feelings? Well, I no, I did, I did say to you that I don't think that it would be... Fair, but I'm not. Am I going to cry about it? Probably not. Can Can I add something or just say something? To, and, and at least yeah. with that example, is that player if if they shouldn't be playing in the U12, then they should be playing in the 13, 14, or 15 uh, age league. That uh, that's the league that they should be playing in. With someone who's transgender and has this difficulty, you're you're telling them, or you're telling them, in the difficulty of the situation that we're talking about, you're telling them that. If you change the identity of your gender, you are not going to be allowed to compete in sports against your gender, and you are going to have to compete against the gender that you don't feel like you're accustomed to. So, you know that's a, that that that's a it's a big decision to make, and it's the transgender athlete that is the one that is being left out. Now you're saying, well, they're the ones that are going to be disadvantaged as opposed to the you know, tens of other opponents that they are facing. But I still think that you have to be cognizant of how you, you know, how you deal with that athlete and allow them to have the opportunities. And I guess that's why we're in the situation in the first place. But we just can't say, no, you, you, I don't know if you can't say, no, you can't do this. I think we have to think of options for that athlete to compete and do the things that they do. I agree with you that it's a physical, you know, such a physical advantage but I just don't know how then how you tell an athlete who's made that decision because they didn't identify with their gender that you can no longer compete in sports because there's no avenue for you. Hmm. It's a hard one. It's a, it's, a, it's a hard one, but I would say that that's the, the sacrifice you know, that you make is this is the one thing you sacrifice. You can't play high school sports. I mean, because look, if you're okay with that, then you could say like, are you okay with them taking steroids? That's the thing is that well, are, are, we, are, we, are, are we okay with high school athletes yeah. taking testosterone? Girl, female high school athletes taking testosterone. If you are, then no big deal. You know? Males have approximately 40% greater muscle mass than females. Even with testosterone, you know, and the suppression, they still have that advantage. So at some point, it's a PED. So if you're competing in the other gender.
I, by the way, I would like to congratulate us all on having a meaningful and thoughtful discussion on, on something that's a hard, hard topic. It just is because like all of us, we wouldn't all be on the show unless we weren't like pretty good, reasonable people. But th- these are things that I, I think, look, the reason DeSantis signed us is it's, it's, it's a political win for him, right? That's the guy wants to be president. This is a political win for him and the, and the right. Yeah. But it's really not a point that anybody really should argue. As you point out, even if you agree with 99% of gay rights, like this is when you're like, Hey, you know, I, 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 I kind of see both sides to it. Fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like when the tailgate party shows up at your house after the big win. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this could sideline your savings. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, Shoot that, shoot that! And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.